Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and friends. I'm your co-host, Scott Schimmel, and today we're talking about the world with Bob Goff. Yeah, that sounds like a big topic. <laughs> Order a pizza in. Let's cover it all. Settle yeah. in for the next couple hours. Yeah, I think the whole idea is that there's a whole world out there, and we've uh, how do we engage that yeah. uh, with love and without an agenda? Because mm -hmm. when love has an agenda, it isn't love anymore. It's just yeah. another program, and the world's full of programs. Yep. We don't need one. Yep. We just need people who know why they're doing what they're doing. And and so some of our travels have taken us uh, close by, and others have taken mm -hmm. us far away. And I hoped what we could do is have a conversation about what's our role in the bigger world yeah. from wherever you are. I don't care if it's Cleveland or San Diego or Chicago, but what's your role in the bigger thing? So tell me about how you got started. Like, What was your first trip globally? What's your good internationally yeah, that got this you involved? all started with absolute, total, unequivocal rejection. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was a lawyer and I asked this great uh, outfit, which I won't name because it just make them feel bad, <laughs> that I asked them, could I just go work for you for nothing mm. and go overseas? I saw the justice work you're doing elsewhere and yeah. uh, let me in on it. And they said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to another great place, actually biggest NGO on earth. And I knew the fellow that was heading that up. And I said, hey, tell you what, what if I go, these guys said no. So what if I go to work for you? Because yeah. I really want to do some stuff overseas that would be helpful. Yeah. And he had the same response. He's like, Nah. <laughs> yeah. And that was just good judgment on their part. But but for me, I, I just didn't get off the scent. And I hope if you're listening to this, if you've had this thing burning in your heart, you just you just know because you know because you know that you've got something to contribute to this beautiful melody across the world that you won't get uh, uh, head faked by somebody yeah. saying no as God saying no. It was yeah. just these two fellows who remained good good friends. Uh, they just said no. That didn't mean I was disqualified. Mm -hmm. It meant it was time for me to get busy. So I started my own organization. Yeah, <laughs> <Max> well. <laughs> what the heck? Can't so, reject yourself. <laughs> and you can too. Like you can literally, you can just say, I'm going to start. You don't even need to get a nonprofit and letterhead right. and all that jazz. Just say, I'm, I'm a thing. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I have agency mm -hmm. to bring love and acceptance and peace and justice, mm -hmm. whatever is your thing. Yeah. I'm going to bring that to the world yeah. and I'm not going to wait for permission and I'm not going to wait for an invitation. Like you're here. Yeah. Everybody else is here. There's almost 7 billion of us. Right. Let's go do something. Let's get to know each other. My grandmother, she passed away a few months ago, but in her memorial, someone had mentioned how since she was a little girl, five, six years old, she'd always dreamt of going to Africa and she got to go later in her years. So where did it all start for you? Were you always into international travel? Were you always into justice? Yeah, I, uh, I went to India with a great friend of mine um, uh, many years ago. This must have been 15 or 20 years ago. And there were these bonded laborers a, uh, in India. It's a, it's a version of slavery where you take out a debt and then you uh, give the person as collateral for your debt. Mm -hmm. It's just that the debt is never paid off, and so the person remains your slave. And it was going to be this evening where we were going to find these slaves. They were going to meet at this mm -hmm. little humble church. I mean, it was just four mud walls wow. and uh, lanterns lit. And the thing I remember, Scott, about that is that there were two jars full of rice in the front. I'm like, what the heck? And so I asked the pastor, so what's up with the jars? And he said, you know what? People can come in and either take a handful of rice, which would be meal for a day, 
or they can give a handful of rice, but you can only do it one handful at a time. And that was so impactful for me. So uh, 20, 40, 60 of these slaves came through and we documented their stories and brought it to the police. And then there was a raid and they got freed. And what I think that we do is that we enter into these ambitions of ours one handful at a time. You just take a little bit or you give a little bit. Sometimes we think it needs to be this, like, I'm quitting my job. I'm just yeah. uh, do this or that you need to uh, call your something, uh, self something or be aligned or invited by some big organization to do it. But I think we just do it a handful at a time. Yeah. So if you're listening, there, there might be a, a country that has come to mind for you. Yeah. Um, if that's a recurring thing, I would work it out between you and United Airlines. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah. Now, I'm not a planning guy. Uh, I'm just not. <laughs> really? If you picked up on that, yeah, I'll write it on the back of the barf bag uh, on the way. I do my best planning like going 450 miles an hour on the way there. But if you're a planning person, uh, then do that. Whatever it is that works for you, whatever it is that gets you there. But don't you dare get wrapped around the axle yeah. planning this. And don't make matching T-shirts. And don't call it a mission strip because it's not and you aren't. Yeah. Uh, just go. Just yeah. dig in to say, the, the the reason I'm going to do this is that God so loved mm. the whole world. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here and the rest of the world showed up. So I want to go as a student and learn. What do you say to the people who are uh, hesitant? I don't know. It's like this, I don't want to be a colonialist. Who am I to go and bring something to these people? What do you, How do you address that? Because I know there's a lot of friends of mine who would say that. I'm not going to go. What do I have to give? Yeah, I, I would say stop listening to all the critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there's this, uh, you know, there's great books that are out there like When Helping Hurts right. and right. Toxic Charity and all that. You start reading enough things about how everybody's blowing it and you go like, well, right. I don't yes. want to go yeah, and yeah. kill baby puppy seals <laughs> or whatever. Like I don't want to be no, you don't. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> no. But I'd say just be unafraid and show up. Be humble. And to say, I'm going not as the teacher, I'm going as the student, but don't let that wave you off. Just go and say, I'm just going to learn a ton with expectation of who I'll meet along the way. When people go with us, uh, we'll say, like, look for three things. First, uh, look to have deeper friendships with the people you're traveling with. I know that doesn't sound big and deep and theological, but it's big, it's deep, and it's theological. Actually, a shared experience with somebody, that's terrific. Uh, Number two... Look for evidence of Jesus. If faith is your thing, then look, I promise Jesus isn't arriving with you. He's been there a long time Mm -hmm. before you find out where he showed up. Mm -hmm. And so just go not thinking you're bringing uh, a faith to that. You're bringing yourself and you're bringing everything you've got uh, to encounter everything God's already done there. That's just awesome. And number three, if it happens that God uses you, that's terrific. But that's a distant third. So that would be flipping it on its end to say, I'm uh, going on a mission trip and this is what I'm doing for you. Um, It feels a little presumptuous because if you pull back the screen, what happens oftentimes is our friends overseas are running around for weeks yeah. offline of everything else they're supposed right. to be doing, getting ready. So our trip goes awesome. Right. right? So if you just flipped it, just say like, if you want a t-shirt, put low maintenance on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's our trip. Mm-hmm. Our, we just want to be low maintenance. How can I be helpful? Don't do anything yeah. uh, to serve us. And they will because they're delightful. But uh, if we had that kind of a humble attitude, man, you don't have to worry about the rest. 
Yeah. What do you, how about the folks who are listening who have, let's say, little kids and the idea of picking up and traveling internationally feels overwhelming. One question is, when did you start taking your kids internationally? I'd say when our kids were maybe six, eight, ten. Okay. I think those were the ages yeah. of Still young. Uh, Richard, Adam, Lindsay yeah. at the time. So they were young, but they weren't infants. Like, and yes. traveling with infants has its own, like you check yes. the CDC and they'll say don't. Yeah. Um, so, but, but to travel with, uh, your younger kids, it's beautiful. The crazy part is that your younger children won't remember much about the yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah. They'll remember <laughs> what you tell them later uh-huh. about the experience yeah. that you have, yeah. which is even awesome. Right. But you start carving this little groove in their brain that we're actually citizens of earth mm-hmm. and not just our community. And it mm-hmm. certainly includes our community, but it yeah. isn't limited to our community. And then when they hear about something happening in the Middle East or something, mm-hmm. if they've been there they go though those actually they're the people that were super kind to me right they were those people and like totally they were those people and so to experience those things and if and again if faith guides your steps to uh, go to some of the uh, countries that were uh, talked about in scripture to experience that firsthand Mm -hmm. to say like wow remember when we went to that place that's this place we were just reading about Mm -hmm. they go like wow it'll really make things spring alive to you so moving from just being an observer up in the bleachers to down in the field to say yeah i actually want to see this thing and for many people it's just expensive to travel it is for me too i've got the benefit of having about a gazillion frequent flyer miles but look out for deals i mean i'm a coupon guy yeah so i I would find these when they uh, British Airways would open up a new route into London. They would offer these like fifty dollars seats, like each way, and I eat sixty dollars of peanuts each way. So I'd be like, I'd buy a stack of those, yeah. and to say, I'm not sure when we're going to use them, but we're going to wow. use those things. Find friends that have frequent flyer miles to say, hey, s- send me here. You don't have to dress it up. Don't call it anything other than what it is. It's right. a trip. Right. I'd like to go on. Yes. And that's actually uh, more beautiful and wholesome than a story about how mm. y- you, you've characterized yourself in the role of the hero, and then the other people are the ones that yeah. you're going to help out. Just say, I'm just going to go, and if you could help make that happen, that's awesome. What about uh, the world around us? How do you get to know the world around you? What have you done? You know what? One of the things I've tried to do is stay engaged. Uh, so, for instance, if there are events ha- unfolding in the world, don't let uh, the news do all the talking for you. I mean, if Kim Jong-un has a nuke, like, write him a letter. <laughs> I have. I wrote to Gorbachev. Nobody wants to talk to him anymore. They want yeah. to talk to Putin. Yeah. But write to Gorby. He's probably just hanging out wearing knee socks and a metal tight. detector. Yeah. So... But, but to engage the world rather than just watching it from afar. And so if something happens uh, to another country, if they have a, a setback or tra- a tragedy, write to their ambassador in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Send some flowers over to just say, I'm really sorry that happened. What we started doing, we'd call them week in a day. And do this with your uh, family, friends, mm-hmm. kids. Uh, we would fly back to Washington, D.C., one of these cheap red eyes, yeah. like 150 bucks. We would fly all night, land in... Dulles at seven in the morning, uh, you know, they kind of go into the restroom there and uh, tidy uh-huh. up a little bit, and then hit one embassy every hour for eight uh-huh. hours and fly home that night and be home for dinner. I'm wow. not kidding. So it was a full day, that's for sure. But it was just so fun. I bet I've done that 30 times. Wow. 
you can actually hit everybody if you just just say like boom 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 boom. Yeah. And and nobody knows some of these countries. You know that they don't get very many visitors and then you show up yeah. and to say like I'm here. Like I'm just <laughs> curious. Get to pro tip, get to know the chief of staff, the ambassadors like kissing babies, the, the chief of staff is the one that's making all the moves. And so and then just become friends with them and just stay friends with them. It's a it's a, a tip but it's Google alerts. Have mm-hmm. you ever used those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you just uh, put in their name. It's like non-creepy stalking. Right. Just anytime their name shows up. So uh, a friend of mine that was the ambassador for Bolivia uh, just got appointed yesterday to the permanent member of the Organization of American States. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know what that is. No. It's a big deal. Huh. But I was the guy that wrote to him to say, Jaime, way to go. No, no, cool. Dude, yeah. yes. I call him on his birthday every <laughs> year and sing to him. It's torture. But he, he, he hates it and loves it. He's like, no. <laughs> but there's something beautiful about instead of just going once and then do this flyby and then leave yeah. and take a selfie, what if you lose the selfie and just say, well, let's be friends mm. instead? And, and it isn't that the photograph's bad, but don't have anybody confused. I didn't come for a picture. I came for a friendship. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if you want to go and see the head of a country, mm-hmm. if you've already met their ambassador, and you're like, oh, you're that nice person from Wichita, because mm-hmm. I guarantee they don't know anybody from Wichita. Right. Right. Uh, so to say you're that nice person, they will send your letter in the diplomatic pouch to the head of state, you get a yes every time. Crazy. Trust me, it works. <laughs> and so there's something beautiful mm-hmm. about that. That isn't your agenda. It isn't a back door, but it's living a life of full engagement. So mm. God so loved the whole mm. world that perhaps you would land on this planet that's going through the heavens at 25,000 miles an hour yeah. so you could slow down enough and meet a couple people that are on the ride with you. Mm. Your kids aren't 6, 8, and 10 anymore. They're older. Yes, 27, 29, and 31. Okay. Is that awesome? That's crazy. Yes, so I'm what, loving it. And they're actually making people now. That's well, the coolest part. What do you see as you raise them like that? What do you see in their lives now? Oh, they see the whole world as available to them. There's a danger, parents, about that. You know, yeah. you can end up exposing your kids of the whole world, and they'll marry somebody from Peru yeah, right, right. <laughs> and go there. But uh, but one of the things that uh, that I've observed in their life, even by the time they get to college, they started making these trips to visit the leaders they had met when they were 6, 8, and 10. They're traveling as 20-year-olds yeah. to the same leaders because they're still in charge. Yeah, well, right. Because <laughs> they're, they're dictators. And and so to go and visit them, they're one, one of these trips to a country. The kids arrived. They saw this guy, and he said, you know what, kids? I am so honored to see you. All these oh. years later, he reached into his desk, and he pulled out the pin that they brought no with them and forgot. And they said, in my country, it's a huge honor. Hmm. When somebody leaves something, it's a promise that they'll be back. I've kept this no for 15 years. Oh, my God. Is that crazy? Wow, I cool. love that. So I'm telling you, engage the world, yeah. uh, buy a roll of stamps and engage it that mm-hmm. way. If you can mm-hmm. get a couple frequent flyer miles together, engage it that way. If something has happened 
to a country, engage them either domestically through their embassy or figure out another way to find a consulate that's in your uh, community and say, I heard about this thing. I just want you to know that I'm sorry, but don't leave there. Say, let's be friends. Would that be okay? I've got a lot to learn from you. And I'm telling you, after a while, the word gets out that you're a really safe person. So we bring people together now that are sore at each other, Uh and we'll bring them together at this place we have in Canada, because some of them actually aren't welcome in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go up there, and they'll sign peace agreements together. Is that crazy? That's a really Uh, I always sign for the U.S. I'm like, whatever, (laughs) sue me. But but in the peace agreement, we'll say, we're just going to find the poor people and help them out. We're going to live humble lives. And it's just so beautiful to hear uh, people that are making decisions for many, many people, sit across from one another. And you know how a life story might go for five or six minutes, and you'd say, where he went to school, and I got married, I have a couple kids. This one guy from one of these countries we don't happen to be getting along with right now, Uh he went for six hours. About his life? Telling his adversary his life. Oh my gosh. And then his adversary told him for six hours about his life. And it was so beautiful to watch these guys forge a friendship because they just knew each other. Mm. I'm telling you, Mm. don't leave all the fun to the UN. Don't leave (laughs) it to other people. You're here. That's great. You've got all the... Jesus picked 12 fishermen, and they couldn't even get the nets on the right side of the boat. (laughs) And one of the Sunday school guys even bombed out on him. But what what he did is he used unschooled ordinary people to change the whole world. And if you are listening to this, then you have ears, I guarantee it, and let them listen to this. You've got all the agency, all the opportunity you need. You don't need to have a fancy name. You don't need to have a big following. You don't need anything. You need an address and to write the letter and to say, if they say yes, I'm going. Because you know what? Buckle up, because they're going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, catch us up on Love Does. What's the scope of the work you guys are doing? Yeah, so Love Does Now is through all of the support of everybody involved now has been in, uh, we're in India with schools, Nepal with schools, uh, the most recent School is in Afghanistan. We're up to the second story. We're building that. We've been there for a year and a half now, and there's a lot of tension in the region, but we just keep going back and mm-hmm. teaching little girls how to read and write, which has got some people anxious, but not me. I just yeah. think it's like a really beautiful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had started in the middle of the uh, Yazidis problem in Iraq, a school there. We're in Mogadishu, Somalia. Wow. We're opening uh, in a month our next women's school there. Yeah. We're teaching them how to... We don't uh, try to empower women. We just get out of their way. We think mm-hmm. they're already powerful. Yeah. Um, we're in Uganda. We have 1,400 students oh, at the gosh. Love Does School. We've got a witch doctor's school, and a couple <laughs> <laughs> which is rowdy. First I of its love kind. that place. <laughs> yeah, because they are... They they have like you know more toes than teeth, but but they're actually uh, people that are already leaders in their community, mm-hmm. and so to uh, lead the leaders, teach them how to read and write, and yeah. uh, and to figure out what are next steps for them. So uh, and then uh, a day who is our executive director is actually flying today to Congo huh. uh, to start the next school, oh. and so. Wow. That's it's. Uh, here's the deal. If you're listening, you go like, "Well, that's terrific," and you pointed out a couple countries on the earth. Yeah. What if you just put all that aside? Uh, say, I have an ambition. 
and this is it. Let me start with what matters the most to me, my family or person that you love the most. And to say, what if we go and we engage a country, find some, find an unschooled ordinary person, uh, like there's a friend named Nam in Bhutan, and Mm. it rhymes. Um, So (laughs) Nam is an unschooled ordinary guy, and he's been a friend for a decade and a half. Mm. But then there's also uh, leaders in Bhutan. What if you get one of each? And to say for each country, I'm going to know, get to know one unschooled ordinary person like yourself and then one person in leadership and then just continue on. I'm telling you, it'd be really fun. And don't collect these things like they're postage stamps. Yeah. They, we're not collecting people or collecting relationships. What we're doing is engaging the earth. We want to live into this idea that God so loved everybody. Because as soon as you meet one person in a country, it's like you've met everybody. Yeah, Isn't that right, crazy? Right. So if there's an earthquake in Peru and yep. you know one person from you Peru, you feel like, oh, I love Peru. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And yep. so that I think mm. is heightening our awareness. And we start looking at the world the way that perhaps God does a little bit more, that mm. he sees a bunch of uh, insecure, very fragile people that sometimes have difficulty getting along. And then uh, what uh, he does is he introduces you to one other person mm-hmm. and you become yeah. this person with a friendship. And then it'll go so great sometimes and not great other times. There was one guy who was actually living in exile. <laughs> and I, I went over uh, to say hello and somehow a photograph got somewhere and and the ambassador of that country was with me and now he's living in exile. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, my bad. Whoopsie. <laughs> like, just didn't Sorry. see that one comment. What my picture. Um, but, but we actually get together pretty often and kind of laugh about how uh, unlikely that was. Like we yeah. had yeah. What are the this odds? beautiful friendship <laughs> and we were thinking, well, what are the chances that it would go so wonky so fast? Um, but when you have these friendships, you actually, it, it makes you more humble yeah. and it makes you more engaged. And so when something bad happens in another country, I don't think of them as my adversary. Yeah. I think uh, that's the country that has my friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about you. It's about you and your heart getting bigger and larger and more loving, which is what you're saying. What's what you're saying? What I find is the people that are uh, more engaged in what's going on around the world, oftentimes they have fewer opinions about everybody because you're talking about my friends now. And I'm just, when somebody starts talking, I don't know, care what the big issue of the day is. Right. Um, but it, you're talking to actually about my friends right now, and it just creates a different uh, vibe in the conversation. I'm a little bit uh, more reticent to say harsh words yeah. because you go like, actually be like talking about my friend behind their back. Right. And, uh, and so what it'll do in you is it'll start changing your hearts. And so small, medium, or large, small version, write a letter to the ambassador of whatever country uh, you've been thinking about, you know, Iceland, <laughs> like yeah. whatever, or uh, Egypt, like whatever it is. Right. But pick your country, write that letter. Don't put it on a list. Go get a stamp, go get an envelope, and just write the letter. Hi, uh, my name is... Uh-huh. Yeah, you know where it goes from there. And then send that letter. Get a dollar postage because it's international. Mm-hmm. And so then wait by the uh, mailbox, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you in the two weeks it'll take for that letter to get there and them to respond, yeah. you're going to start seeing things yeah, on the news, right, reading right. things. You'll start caring. You yeah. go like, 
oh my gosh, it's like the Grinch where their heart wow. got bigger and bigger. I'm not saying you're Grinches, it. yeah. but it'll just Maybe. start <laughs> making your heart bigger and mm-hmm. say like, I have a connection mm-hmm. and you did that for one dollar. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll write back and they may say, can we, uh, would you like to come over mm-hmm. and visit? I'm telling you, there's only one answer to that. Sell yeah. the pickup truck, <laughs> I did. Like we got uh, invited to Malaysia it was uh, just after Tun Mahathir, who was the dictator of the, at the time, he had just uh, held the World Islamic Conference and said two things, death to America hmm. and death to Israel. Wow. And so uh, we had written to him to say, gosh, we had just met with a person from Israel, their president, and so could we meet hmm. with you and give you a message from him? Well. And he said, yes, how about Thursday? Really? We literally sold the pickup truck. No way. We all jumped on a plane, went over there. Wow. And I'm telling you, when, when I see anything to do with Malaysia or any of the setbacks that they've had, yeah. I just care more. Mm. And it's not for a selfie. You'll never see one of those. Yeah. It's just like the relationship. Forget that. Go go to your state capital. Go meet your governor. Yeah. Go meet your city councilman. Get to know the name of your postman. Mm-hmm. Put a note on the mm-hmm. outside to say, I'm starting small. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Leave a little bottle of water. That You'll start caring about the mail more. Yeah. You'll start yeah. caring about the mail carrier. You'll start giving thanks, not just for the food, but for the uh, guy or gal who leaned over to pick it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happens. Find your way into a field to find a migrant worker who's been uh, engaged in this really honorable work that's terribly difficult, and it'll make you say grace differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying that that's the pitch. If we could engage the world more with curiosity, with yeah. humility, uh, with a desire to learn, it'll change everything, and you're one mm-hmm. stamp away from that. Yeah. You are a 10-minute drive, yeah. five-minute walk, or walking out to your front yard right. and saying, yeah, like you're welcome here. The crazy thing is your neighbors will start knowing that too. Yeah. They'll say like, wow, like why do you fly the flag of Uganda over your house? <laughs> what is that flag? I know. But like this is actually the consulate, which is crazy. So it'll just start changing everything. Ask somebody if you can be the consul for their country. That's nuts. But I dare yeah. you. I double dare you yeah. to do it. Because I'm the consul for Uganda, you know what that makes you, Scott? What? My envoy. Really? Do you even know what an envoy is? <laughs> no. Me neither. <laughs> it just means you're in. So if I write a letter on letterhead yeah. and say, my envoy is coming to meet <laughs> you, coming. if they say no, it's not a slap in the face to you oh, it's, or it's to me, to 41 million Ugandans. Whoa. So they have to say yes, huh. automatic yes. Wow. I'm telling you. That's crazy. The only deal is we need to just decide that we want to engage the world. And it's not a better thing than all the other things you're engaging, but wouldn't it enhance hmm. the conversations you're having around the dinner table to say if you were thinking about going, just find Liechtenstein on a map. Right. Uh, If If you you find your way there, you'll be having dinner with mm-hmm. the prime minister at his house yeah. uh, because there are more sheep than people <laughs> right. in inside. I've been there. And the, yeah, it's it's like uh, the size of a, a small course. football field. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there's something really beautiful about that. You'll feel like you'll hear Liechtenstein anywhere in the yeah. news and, uh, and you'll go like, oh, I know all of them and their sheep. <laughs> yeah. The most frequent questions we hear at Dream Big are actually really simple. The questions are this, how do I do it? How do I focus on my ambitions and bring them to life? How do I reorganize everything and move towards these dreams that are inside me? That's what Dream Big is all about. And we wanna give you an actual resource that you can use so that you can move from your ideas and your ambitions 
to reality. So go to the link in the show notes, download a really simple workbook that you can use today.